Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hi, Faye Hollands here from busybusinesswomen.biz and welcome to episode 20 of the Busy Business Women podcast. Now today I'm very lucky to have the co-founder of the Pink Elephant Support Network with me today, Samantha Payne. Now if you haven't already heard of the Pink Elephant Support Network, its aim is to support, nurture and empower women who are experiencing miscarriage and infertility. Something that's very close to my heart as I went through a miscarriage in between having my two daughters. So I know what a very lonely and isolating experience it can be. Now I first came across the beautiful Sam on Facebook, loved the work that she was doing, and then got to meet her at last year's Business Chicks 9 to Thrive event, which was such a pleasure. I was then really thrilled to hear that this month she's been able to leave her employed role and dedicate herself full-time to this wonderful charity, which is a huge step forward and shows real dedication after two years of juggling being an employee, a mum, and building a charity all at the same time. So this lady knows a thing or two about juggling. I really admire how Sam and her co-founder Gabby have decided to join forces and create something that's really meaningful, that can inspire change in how society perceives miscarriage and how we support women through it. And when I meet somebody who's so open and honest about her life experiences and is so passionate about helping other women that she's willing to take a risk and juggle like a crazy lady to make that happen, then for me, it's an absolute no-brainer to have them on this podcast. So without further ado, I'm thrilled to welcome Sam Payne to the Busy Business Women podcast. I'm so thrilled that you said yes and came on board. Thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you for giving us a platform to reach more women. We're really excited. Totally my pleasure. And um, I think you and I are going to have lots of laughs. We've got a lot yeah. of energy, <laughs> listeners, between us, and you are dealing well, we with do. two poms as well. So who knows <laughs> where this will go. Us. <laughs> yeah, I know. It could be a challenge for some, admittedly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, I've got so many questions that I want to ask you. So let's get started yeah. and cover a lot of ground. So I want to talk about how this all got started with Pink Elephant Support Network. I hear a Facebook post and a coffee all played an important part in how this idea flourished. Can you tell me a bit more about how you began? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I was in the midst of my losses. I'd just had my second miscarriage and I was feeling extremely isolated and lost and I didn't know where to turn for support. I wasn't offered any formal support. Um, And I really was struggling emotionally. I have never cried so much as what I cried through those days and for someone who's quite resilient and generally just gets on with life this was something that threw me a massive curveball was that between your because you've got two children yeah yeah so I had my first um Georgie who's now nearly five and she's Mm -hmm. just amazing had we decided to have a baby and we literally fell pregnant and had a baby so I had no experience of miscarriage up until it actually happened to me right and I was blissfully unaware of the impact of it Then when she was around two, we decided that we'd um, try for another baby because she was so amazing. Let's have another one. Mm -hmm. And that's when, again, we fell pregnant really easily. So pretty much instantly announced that we were pregnant, um, not expecting that anything would happen. And unfortunately, I lost that baby at eight weeks um, Mm -hmm. after having a scan with a heartbeat at six weeks. Um, Yeah, 
that was so that was pretty traumatizing um but again as I mentioned earlier I'm a pretty resilient person and I generally have a can-do attitude through life with most things so I kind of accepted that this was my one and it was my bad luck I kind of found out some statistics and I tried my best to talk myself out of it my husband and I decided let's just leave the baby trying for a few months let's just enjoy Georgie we had a holiday to Hawaii at the time and yeah we just thought we'll just get on with life and that's fine that's our bad luck yeah um, little did we know that was the very beginning of it um and then I fell pregnant again um fairly easily again so falling pregnant was never my issue it was just keeping the pregnancy yeah. um that pregnancy was nerve-wracking because I, I now knew that you could lose a pregnancy so I'd been tainted um but then I had a scan at eight weeks and everything was perfect there was a heartbeat and we were confident that everything was going to be fine. So again, we shared our pregnancy with our friends and family. Everyone was really excited for us. We went on holiday with friends, and then we were on a remote island in Queensland. And towards the end of that holiday, I started to spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you do the whole turn to Google, you look on the internet, you try and talk yourself out of the fact that this is not happening and that you can bleed in a pregnancy and it's completely fine because that does happen. And I've had friends who've had um, babies and that's, they've bled all the way through their pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of knew there was something deep-seated with inside myself that yeah. I knew. And um, I didn't want to ruin anybody else's holiday. And with miscarriage being what it is, such a stigma and such a there's a reason there's a silence behind it because I honestly blamed myself and I looked at my body as a failure I thought it was something that I'd done was it because I'd got on a plane and you was it because I'd eaten this um, or yeah. I drank when I didn't know I was pregnant all of these things that of course have absolutely no impact on you losing your baby but at the time when you're going through that you blame yourself um, yeah so I didn't tell anyone. So I had two days of bleeding on holiday, making excuses, not getting into the pool, just being generally moody. My husband just thought I was being moody. Yeah. Um, and then we managed to get home and I broke down and, yeah, just I knew that I'd lost – I hadn't passed the baby at that point, but I knew that I was definitely – by this point, it couldn't be anything else. Yeah. I went to the doctors who referred me to the ultrasound clinic on the Monday um, and it was confirmed. I hadn't fully passed everything, but I was miscarrying and there was no heartbeat anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I was sent away just completely empty-handed from the ultrasound clinic, given nothing, nowhere to turn. By this point, there's a real massive amount of self, self-doubt creeping in because yeah. it's happened twice now. What have I done? Why is this happening to me? What could I have done differently so that this didn't happen? Why am I losing my babies when my friends around me are all having babies? And mm. a massive amount of emotions that I've never really experienced before um, hit me like a ton of bricks and I really, really struggled and I had some very dark days. So I, again, was turning to online because that was the only place I could find, if you like, stories of other people's losses. Yeah. Um, I was on Facebook one day and I found a post from Gabby who has been the most amazing shining light throughout all of this for me. She's been my peer support person and she didn't make the post. Somebody else had anonymously posted on Facebook about their loss mm-hmm. and she'd commented some supportive words back to them. And I n- recognised that we had friends in common and we lived in a similar area of Sydney. Uh-huh. So I direct messaged her 
And again, that's because I am that type of person that I will always Mm. approach other people. But what about women that are not like that, that they don't have that in them to do that? So that was quite forward of me. And I did it. And it turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life because look what's coming from it now. So we met for a coffee um, at a local coffee shop and... Gabby was the person that understood what I was going through, but she was removed from my friend circle. So my husband was nothing short of amazing. My -hmm. friends were brilliant. I didn't feel unsupported in that way at all. Um, But I just felt like there was something else missing. Someone who'd actually walked and gone through exactly what I was going through, who just got it and I could just get every feeling to. And that was Gabby for me. So that was about two and a half years ago now. And then we decided at that point that, women deserve more support and Mm. what we thought we were creating at the time would be a small support group within Sydney for women who are experiencing miscarriage Um, and since then it has grown phenomenally and it's grown not just because of what we've created with love and empathy but it's grown because it's needed and women deserve this and it it really is as simple as that yeah yeah that's how it started and there's been a lot happened in the two and a half years since then Oh my God. I, I mean, I didn't know all of that story. I knew some of it. I love the way that I think you're absolutely spot on. You and I are the kind of people that will reach out. We don't yeah. kind of hold back. We're happy to ask a stranger for help or yeah. reach out in that way, but many people aren't. No. And um, so whilst you had an amazing experience meeting Gabby and look what's happened, many mm. women would not create that situation for themselves. And so you have Uh, made this path for them Mm -hmm. uh, to make it much more accessible because I know you know for me I've been through one miscarriage Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very lucky I have two beautiful healthy children Mm -hmm. Um, but I had a preemie baby my first daughter and then a miscarriage and so that self-doubt and all of that guilt and the mental gymnastics that Mm -hmm. kicks in can be very overwhelming and um you know, my situation is wonderful compared to what a huge amount of women go through. Mm-hmm. So you're doing something phenomenal and that's why it's growing so brilliantly. So, yeah. uh, you know, my hat goes off to you a million times. <laughs> Thank you. Now, you work in an area that, um, you know, despite there being, you you told me, you quoted me this, I think, last week. You said there's 280 miscarriages a day. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. So there's this is just Australia as well. Ooh. And Australia is fairly small in terms of the numbers, the population. Um, yeah. So there are 103,000 couples a year that will experience a reported miscarriage. And if you break that down, that's 282 women a day. So that's nearly and you 300. Just said it- yeah, and you just said a really important word there, reported mm. as well, mm-hmm. because I'd imagine there's a lot that aren't yeah, reported. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have connected with so many women since founding this charity who may have reported their first miscarriage, but then they were so unsupported, they decided yeah. that there was no point in reporting further miscarriages and they've just dealt with them themselves at home. And yeah, and really I have sad. to say my experience would be if I went through that again, which, you know, we're done with children, mm-hmm. but I, you know, would not be something I would want to go through again. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go to the hospital like mm-hmm. I did and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't have been reported. Yeah. Um, so I can see how that number could be, you know, exponentially larger for we sure. I believe it is, but there's, again, yeah. there's been such little research into the area of miscarriage because mm. for now it's been shrouded in secrecy. If you think about the women's movement as well that's happening currently at, at present, mm. this miscarriage is a woman's health issue. So it's been overlooked for years because of the type of society that we live in. Um, yes. 
that's why. And it's time now that women would be able to have somewhere that they can not only turn to for support, but there's also they deserve support and they deserve research into miscarriage, into not just why it happens, but how many women it's really affecting at the moment mm-hmm. each year. Yeah, completely agree. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, what I find interesting is that, you know, that's a staggering number. But, I, you know, I still think it's something that, um, you know, as you said, it's really talked about. And mm-hmm. I've got to admit, even myself having had a miscarriage, I still feel a little uneasy on how to approach the topic with someone else. And I'm someone that's normally very forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm not 100% sure what to say. It's difficult to navigate how that person is feeling because they could be feeling very different to my yeah. own experience. Um, and you've, you know, and, and making sure that you're being sensitive and appropriate with that mm-hmm. person. Now, thankfully, you've built a charity around dealing with those issues and a lot more. Yeah. I'd love to know how you've approached working out what was needed and how to deliver that. So for us, it was very much built on personal experience. We mm-hmm. looked at our stories. We looked at what happened to us and what we wanted But before we decided to register as an official charity, um, we ran focus groups and we ran an online survey just to ensure that the type of support we want to offer is what is meeting the needs of what people want. Um, And also we needed more experiences of other women to ensure that other women were actually feeling really unsupported just in the way that Gabby and I had been um, through our losses. And it confirmed it. And that was over, so that was probably about two years ago now. We've actually just run another survey yesterday um, because we're about to submit to the government um, for potential funding. Right. Um, so we've run another survey because to be taken credibly by the government, you need a minimum of 500 um, participants, which we didn't have because back then okay. we had no Facebook following at all. Yeah. Um, now that we do, um, amazingly, I put a similar survey up yesterday and I've so far had over 700 responses. <gasps> That's it's awesome. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And it has validated our cause so much for us. It's been really reassuring at a time that's been quite difficult. We've been working on this for three years without a wage now. Yeah. So it's fantastic to see that we are we get testimonials every day women message us saying thank you so much you've made such a difference it's lovely to know that you're here and other women saying I wish this had been around when I'd had my losses and that's fabulous but it was also really nice then to see all the results coming through from the survey and it was staggering over 87 percent of women so far who've taken part in the survey felt completely unsupported through their miscarriages 87 percent that's huge huge now from a more of a business point of view, I love the fact that, you know, you're you're working in a space and creating something that you're incredibly passionate about yeah. and you feel that there's a need. But I think, you know, for our listeners and for anyone thinking about starting a business <laughs> or in the really early days of their business, whether it's a, you know, a commercial enterprise or a charity, doesn't really, doesn't matter the setup. No. What you've done is make sure that your idea was validated and you haven't just jumped in feet first and hoped that there was a need. Um, So kudos to you because often people get carried away with Mm -hmm. the excitement of their idea and that idea isn't always commercially viable. I've been that person before. (laughs) It's easy to fall into that trap. I've I've done it more so with kind of products that I've launched within a business as opposed to the actual 
business, Fair. but it's very easy to fall in that, you know, that rabbit hole and never come out. So yeah. well done for doing that. And how awesome to get 700 responses to your survey. Yeah. Such um, strong it's going results. up. So that's amazing. So yeah, that's another thing that people can do. If you head to our page, you'll find that survey. Please, please. It's six questions and takes less than two minutes to complete. I was going to say, I've done it. It's super quick. So we'll put the links in the show notes as <laughs> awesome. well. Thanks um, that, so no problem at all. So I want to say a massive congratulations to you on going full time. As you've mentioned, and I said in my intro, you know, this is a big time of transition for you. You've slogged your guts out for years now in making this happen. And that is a big step to walk away from the comfort of being a regularly paid employee with benefits and all the rest that comes with someone else paying you wages, right? It really is. Yeah. It's been a big transition for us, not just for me personally, but for us as a family. My husband's been nothing short of amazing in the support for this because I think he too was horrified by the lack of support and also how much this impacted me um so he's always had my back in terms of creating this um however it's something when you've got a sydney mortgage two small children in daycare and x y and z bills to pay as well and we do not take away from pink elephants um we have run several community fundraising initiatives um Mm -hmm. all of the money has gone directly back into our support network in order to scale and to support more women. Our aim is that we will touch every single one of those 100,000 couples who have a miscarriage by 2020. So to do that, the funds are going back in. Um, So we still don't take a wage. It is something we're working on. We would love to be paid eventually to do that. We do feel that we've worked hard enough on this now for a certain amount of time that we've qualified, if you like, for want of a better word for that. Um, And we think that we're the people and we've created a brand, um, a beautiful support network for women that, can genuinely be scaled not only nationally but internationally we get support messages from people across the globe who found our support via our social medias and again Mm. there's nothing in those countries either gosh yeah so my original question was going to be you know Mm. was it all about the dollars how did you make the decision that you could then walk away from being an employee and go full-time but it's Mm. clearly not about the dollars because you're not paying yourself so you know I think this is very relevant to a lot of our listeners yeah. who would be, they might have a side hustle or they're, they're, they're trying to build their business so they can step away from being an employee. And that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people to do. What were the key factors involved in you being able to make that decision and make that shift? Because it clearly wasn't about saying, well, now I can pay myself the same as my employed position. Yeah, no I can make that, that change. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't exist for you. So no, I've been what, fortunate in my previous careers. I've worked in business development and sales. So I've always mm. earned a fairly decent wage within the Sydney metropolitan area. So I am used to a, a nice salary and bonuses and all that entails with that, health insurance, everything. And yep. so this is really outside of my comfort zone now. Um, mm. However, I just feel like a big part of this for me now is it's, it's beyond a passing project. This is a tipping point that we're at with the Pink Elephant Support Network in terms of reach and actually making a huge impact on women and their partners who are going through this every day and it was too much for me it's it's almost it is like a calling it's almost like every day I was feeling like I didn't have enough time to invest in this and it was actually affecting my mental health I wasn't I was feeling like I was spread far too thin and I wasn't 110% in one thing I was probably 50% in several things okay and Anything I do, I run at 110%. That's, that's my personality. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a bull in a china shop or whatever that saying is. That's fine. That's me. I have tenacity and I have drive. Um, I want to make change with this. I want women to have more support. We've created a support network. 
with support that's scalable and that truly works and makes a huge difference to women when they need it most, we now need to scale. And I believe that in order to do that, myself and Gabby are at a point now where we need to put 110% into this to really, truly drive it to where it's meant to be. Um, yeah. I think for any listeners that are at that point, maybe you're not ready yet financially, but I think that you need to look at the bigger picture and whether it's always down to dollars and financial amounts. Yes, we're a charity, but really we still need to operate like a business. We need to make mm. fun- we need to make funds to be able to operate. Without funds, we won't be able to continue. Um, exactly. Profit for good is the best saying I've heard. I like that profit for good. Mm. And I love, I've got to say, the way that you talk about what you do is so passionately. You can, you get a really clear, crystal clear sense of how important this is to you and how much yeah. you believe in it. Yeah. It's very captivating. Like I'm just completely losing track of what questions I'm going to Sorry. ask. Like, wow, <laughs> so good to listen to this. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's, you, you um, articulate your purpose and mission beautifully. Thank you. Okay, but I'm sure it hasn't all been easy, right? No. And I know I know it still isn't. <laughs> no. So I'll, let's talk about some of the challenges. What have been, you know, some of the biggest challenges for you in building and growing this support network? Um, I think for Gabby and I, we'd speak truly on this is self-belief. Um, okay. It's been a steep learning curve. Um, as much as I'll give anything a go and I'm 110% at everything, I'd had about five years out of the workforce. I'd had Georgie. And instead of returning to a a job within an office, I decided to look after other children. So I'd been at home with children for the best part of four and a half years. Okay. um, Until I took my last job, which was with another charity within an office. Um, Obviously, in the background, I've been working on pink elephants. But whether we believed that we could do it and achieve everything in the in the beginning we probably didn't our self-belief has grown um, and that's been validated by our tribe we have an amazing bunch of women behind us Mm. who and our husbands as well it's not just women who have been through this journey with us they've stood by our sides when it's been really excuse my French but shit times (laughs) and they've seen us then decide that we're going to do something about this and then they've helped us wherever they can in terms of creating things Mm -hmm. so self-belief has come a long way that was initially one of our biggest challenges I I think now that we're at a point where we realize we can do this and yes we have to upskill in certain areas but if you'd have told me that I would be using a computer on a daily basis five years ago to laughed at you I hated <laughs> social media I never went on Facebook I never went on I didn't even know what Instagram was I am um, yeah and I've had to massively upskill in all of this because that's where most of our women are and we need to meet those women there and then drive them to our group where they feel safe and they can share and yeah. create a supportive community for them there um so that's it learning social media marketing all those kind of things Canva design tools has been huge but it's been amazing as well because we have upskilled um, and I'm really proud of what we've achieved so far. Um, then the other biggest thing is time. <laughs> we oh. all go on at time. Yeah. I think we chatted briefly earlier. Um, it just disappears. Like it really does with two small children in daycare. I have a limited amount of, I have two full days at home without children. The rest is working around my 15 month old baby boy when he's asleep. And yeah. when both kids are asleep in an evening. Now, I'm lucky they go to bed fairly early, but they also rise at five every day. Awesome. Um, you can get lots done at that time of day. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Sorry. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but time and, yeah, we probably didn't set realistic goals. We wanted this all, well, I wanted this all set up within a year. We're, like I said, two and a half, nearly three years into the P-Star. And 
but we're making real headway and I think self-belief and time yeah they've definitely been our biggest challenges Um, yeah yeah we've learned as we've gone I think I I love the fact that you shared those because you could have just launched into something much more kind of logistical regarding challenges. Yeah. But self-belief is a one that is one that trips so many people up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also ties in to the one that you said about, uh, you know, you thought it would be a year, but here we are two and a half, three years later. (laughs) Because what can happen is most people underestimate how long it would take to to reach those goals as a business, whatever it is that you want to achieve. And so as it starts to take longer, the self-belief can really be challenged because you're not where you thought it would be. And then you start questioning, big generalisations here, but you start questioning, am I cut out for this? Or are we (laughs) going to be able to manage this? Or is this has this idea really got legs and can we get some traction and you know these again mental gymnastics that you can go through Completely. are all on that journey to get where you want to be and I speak, massive periods of that we've definitely yeah. had massive points of doubt where we said are we doing this the right way and some things we haven't done right and we've learned and we've moved on and said well we're not going to do that again we'll do it this way yeah. this time um you don't have to get everything right the first time you just have a no. go Exactly. And it's about having that consistency to keep pushing forward and that um, resilience and determination if it's something you really want. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. One of my, I, I talk about um, ordinary things consistently done produce extraordinary mm. results. And it is yeah. just taking that one small step every day, but that consistency makes an enormous difference. On my, when, um, sticking out on my desk now is one hospital a day, one grant application a day, one social post a day. And oh, I love it. They're my three things. And if I do those three things every day, I am making change. I'm supporting women in hospitals. I'm applying for funds because you can apply for a million grants and we might get one. Um, yeah. And then obviously the social is the engagement with our community as well. And if I do those three things every day, they take priority. And then I move on to anything else. And everything else has, those three things have to be done first, basically. I've just I just that. I mean like I've got total girl crush now you said that because <laughs> you know I'm just obsessed with productivity and I talk yeah. about two mission critical tasks a day you've got three that's awesome awesome um, is that I what know... it's called that's a really clever word for it I'm gonna <laughs> nick that one what is it mission critical well, <laughs> mission critical totally stolen from Tim Ferriss in the four-hour work week book um but it. it's it's based on the 80 20 rule yeah um so you can I'll you know go to three that's totally fine for anyone listening you know you don't want a list of five or ten mission critical it should be two or three yeah um and they're the things that are going to make the biggest impact in your day so for you those three do they feel doable every day yeah they do yeah and that's the critical thing it's a hence mission critical it's you've you've not got an enormous list in front of you that feels overwhelming you've got three things that you know that you can deliver on if you've got a normal day and things don't go pear-shaped yeah and you know that they're going to have a big impact when you do them yeah i was was um, doing happy dances yesterday i got four hospitals in oh, regional and rural communities in one day because they just led to it the way it worked and those hospitals are much smaller so it's a much easier go through I don't have to go through 10 switchboards like you do for city hospitals yeah. um so it's fabulous I was so excited I was like I've smashed it and today I haven't done the hospital calls yet because I've had three meetings back to back but I kind of feel like well I got four yesterday so it's okay exactly that's, that's exactly normal. you can practically take the week off now <laughs> <if> you wish <laughs> yeah, never gonna happen <laughs> Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now you mentioned funding before. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about how the network is funded? Self. So up until this point, Gabby and I have um, self-funded. So we spent our own 
money to achieve charity status because you have to write a constitution for that. We had a go at it and realised, no, we need someone to do this for us. That's not something mm-hmm. that we can upskill in. Um, you need a law degree, basically. Okay. Um, so we had to pay lawyers to do that for us. We've had to pay accountants out. We've had to pay for all of the printing, for the distribution of the emotional support literature that we have in the hospitals. Yep. Um, so we self-funded for two years and then... Around October last year, we launched our first Coffee for a Course, which is a beautiful coffee fundraiser at a local coffee shop whereby people came along. We had a petting zoo for families by gold coin donation. Um, Someone baked some fabulous cookies and cupcakes for us. All the profits from them went to us and the profits from the coffee went to us for the period of the Sunday afternoon that we held the event. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a local real estate matched the amount that we raised. So we ended up raising close to $2,000, which for us was amazing yeah phenomenal yeah. um so we've decided then as a business this was a really good idea because we now are starting to have people come to us and say we want to support you what can we do for you mm. and because we're digital we're like well what can they do for us so then we sort of looked at this uh, from a strategic point of view if you like and mm. we decided that this would be a really good thing that we can now if you like push out and ask other people to do on our behalf so that's yeah. something that we're literally going to be launching in the next fortnight it's called coffee for a cause and it basically is approach your local coffee shop hold an event for you we'll um, provide you with all your social media collateral and all of your physical collateral for on the day and yeah. um, it's on our website there's all links under it under fundraise for us page and it's just something that then women who we've supported or women who've been touched by miscarriage it's something mm. they can do to give back so it's empowering them to make a difference to the care of other women who go before yeah. them who are experiencing loss right now and in the future um so that worked we've started to do that and what's fabulous about that is then we've used that money like I said all the money it's, we still have no administration costs because we're not taking a wage and we mm-hmm. work from home. So we have basic overheads like insurances because we run an online peer support program, um, hosting services, website things and yeah. all that lovely stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what happened. That's not my side of things. Anyway, so we have some overheads like that, but we still self-fund those overheads and any mm-hmm. donations that we receive, we put straight back into the printing and distribution of more support resources and also the launching of our peer support program, which happened two weeks ago as well. I know. And I'm going to come on to that in a moment. Perfect. I think, um, you know, I'm sure that for, you know, the majority of our listeners, um, when you're just talking through the fact that you've self-funded for two years, not taken a wage, even when you just think about the cost of the printing, hmm. the resources that you've put out into the community, that's huge. Yeah. Um, I think you've probably made a lot of people feel a lot better about the expenses in their business right now because they've got income coming in to cover those yeah um so I love the idea of coffee for a cause and when you think about the cancel cancer council and their biggest morning tea I mean look how phenomenal that is that raises them over a million dollars each year yeah it's huge yeah and so you found this way as you say of getting the community involved Mm -hmm. um and it not needing to be on a digital platform so I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more about coffee for a cause and we will of course at busy business women support you in any way we can with that so uh i know that you are a master time juggler because you can't (laughs) do all that you do without being great at time management so you know for two years you've been juggling being a parent an employee building pink elephant support network there's a lot of balls up in the air at any one point in time what are your top three tips for managing your time so well Mm, prioritize is definitely Mm -hmm. one um I kind of I'm quite good at that I always have been I have an innate ability of I know what needs doing and I just do it I 
I don't necessarily plan or write strategies. That's not my strength. I also, half the time, I think that's a waste of time because at the moment, if you just do, then you've done it. If you write a plan, you've wasted half a day writing a plan to do something. And if you know what, <laughs> do it. I don't understand this whole, it just doesn't work with me. Yeah. I mean, as a business coach, I mean, I'll hold your horses for a minute. We need to talk about a little bit of planning, but yeah. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. The thing is you're a doer. Yes. So you'll get stuck in there. And I think probably the way that you think means that you create a plan in your head. Absolutely. And you execute well, yes. Uh, that doesn't work for everyone. No. So the caveat there to anyone listening is recognize your personality traits and yeah, think totally. about whether you be, you know get better results with planning but I love the fact that you I mean your high energy just gets stuck in and get stuff done yeah I do have to-do lists I have sticky notes and to-do lists everywhere um yeah. I struggle with computers and calendars and things like that I am um, pen and paper all the way love oh, it. I do love a bit uh, of manual <laughs> so planning yes someone referred to it the other day um, as an analog list and I was like I love that that's what I do analog <laughs> list sounds clever um but yeah I um, definitely prioritize do more rather than plan I think yeah. if you have an overarching plan and an overarching goal of where you're going to then you know what needs to be done on a daily basis get it done and then move on to the next thing um one thing that we probably haven't done enough is stop and appreciate what what you've already done um oh yes I I really wish we'd done more of that and I think we're starting to get a little bit better at that Mm. um we've I'm I'm very much in the future person that's my personality it it can be a downside in terms of anxiety as well because you're constantly thinking of the next thing as opposed to stopping and going wow look what we've done that's amazing yeah um so like we're distributed within I think it's 11 hospitals at the moment so that's that's amazing in itself um mm. we've had over 500 downloads of our resources on our website and that was before we had all of the news coverage that we've had in the last month so that has spiked massively since then as well yes because you've been on the tv this month haven't yeah, you was... I'm, I'm digressing but just tell <laughs> us a bit about that because yeah. it's very exciting this comes back to um also just doing it so I didn't have a PR plan if you like Mm -hmm. and I knew that we were about to launch our peer support and I genuinely believed it deserved national coverage so that we can reach more women and they know about it so I spent probably a whole day on LinkedIn messaging several different people um, within different news organizations until and then one of those news organizations Nina Stevens who's a journalist for Channel 7 responded to me and that was we one. love you Nina we do well love you Nina. Nina yes and it was awesome and from there came our story and she um, was fabulous in the way that she reported it put together a really great segment for us it the reach that that drove for us was massive we literally did not stop working for three days straight in terms of peer support applicants and people wanting to become ambassadors for our peer support program oh wow it was massive and on the back of that it's also led to lots of other media coverage for us since then I've actually found a friend who works in PR who I knew as a mum friend who I just we just meet with our babies and play and yeah. then she's like no you know you don't do it that way you do it this way and let me do it for you and that was as Beck her name is and she's been awesome and amazing she's now started to reach out to other media outlets and networks for us that she knows of because that's her job and 
that's yeah. also another skill set learning to sometimes let other people do things for you um yes because I'm probably not very good at that either <laughs> yeah no I'm a bit of a control freak recovering control freak yes. so I I struggle with that too I think oh I can do that I'll just hold on to it and it's not the fastest and best way to build absolutely or anything that you're doing yeah. so all right so with the juggling then what else what else do you do to manage your time so well um okay um outsource so yes. outsource music to my ears my husband is amazing he has my back like I said earlier 110 percent he mm. the full-on dad our children love him he will happily take them for a whole Saturday whilst I get work done um Great. there is a level of mummy guilt with that sometimes and I, I do struggle with that where you're like oh there's always something to so feel guilty about and then I'm now passing them off to my husband but yeah look, you kind of learning to let go of the mum guilt is a massive mm. one for me um but yeah outsourcing get people to help you let people help you um yeah and yeah so it's definitely time management outsourcing and a third Another one that I'm probably getting better at is self-care. I haven't been very good at that either. I wanted to talk to you about that, mm-hmm. yeah. We're yeah. very, very similar people. It's and a learning I'm curve. crap at self-care yeah, too. I'm yeah, like I'm getting better, but like, yeah. oh, My brain doesn't stop. <laughs> what are you on about? Oh. Well, so on that note, you know, you work in a highly emotional, mm. demanding space, which, um, yeah. you know, I, I know back in the very early days of me coaching and more life coaching, the kind of, the gravity of some of the conversation I was having, having or the depth and the weight of those yeah. would leave me exhausted by the end of the day. Uh, you, you know, you're working in that space all of the time. Mm-hmm. What do you do to look after your own mental and physical well-being so that you've got the energy and the smarts to give Pink Elephant your very best every single day? Part of that has been making the decision to leave my paid job. Um, yeah sure it's not all about money as we touched on earlier my mental health and ironically enough I was working for Reach Out Australia which is a mental health charity for young people I saw that on LinkedIn amazing they do amazing amazing so if anyone out there has teenagers or 14 to 25 year olds and they're looking for support they also have a parents website uh, and they offer some amazing everyday stress relief tips they're brilliant right I loved working with them but it did highlight the fact that my own mental health was struggling um I did um, have a clinical diagnosis of postnatal depression after having my rainbow baby Johnny. Um, okay. it, four months into him being around, another issue that surrounds miscarriage is I should be grateful because I've had my baby. Here's my rainbow baby. I should be happy. Therefore, I can't tell anybody that I don't feel right and that I'm really struggling. Mm. Yeah. So I hid it very well for a few months. It was Gabby, firstly, that spotted it. And then my husband as well knew something just wasn't right. Um, mm-hmm. like I said, so four months afterwards, I went for support. And I finally spoke to a counsellor and a psychologist. And mm-hmm. I was medicated. I'm still medicated. I have n- mm-hmm. no shame in admitting that whatsoever. Zoloft no. saved me massively. I <laughs> literally love that stuff. <laughs> I do aim one day to gradually come off it. But if you've got small children and you're like hectic, it's amazing. <laughs> days when I go, okay. Um, but truly and honestly, speaking to a psychologist really helped me. Um, yeah. Again, like I said earlier, I am a doer. I am someone that runs at things and I generally tend to box things off and just ignore them emotionally. Mm. Um, and probably wasn't very sensible to set up a miscarriage charity whilst I was pregnant after loss. It, was, it wasn't cathartic as much as I kept telling myself it was. It wasn't. It was actually confronting. And it took a lot of my inner strength to continue to do what I did because I tr- genuinely believed in the difference it will make for women who go f- through this now onwards. But at the time, it was really difficult because I was 
trying to, it was almost a disbelief or a disconnect from the pregnancy. You don't believe the pregnancy is going to end in a live baby. You're mm. really conflicted with emotions, but you put on this fake smile for everybody about how grateful you are that you are pregnant and that the baby's coming. But there's, there's still a massive level of disbelief. So by seeing a psychologist yeah. and talking to someone professionally, that really helped me. Um, and one thing that we do with the Pink Elephant Support Network, our peer support program is a connection with a woman who's been through it. And you have, you're eligible for six counselling sessions, if you like, with that peer support person. But even after that, you are still struggling. We will always refer on to a psychologist or a grief counsellor, a fully trained person in that way. Right. Because yep. we're not healthcare experts. We're not healthcare practitioners. What we are is an emotional support service for women who are currently going through it. Um, with a consumer voice if you like so yeah for me it was definitely seeking support um I've recently probably come to an end with that now where I don't feel like I need to see a psychologist as often um I've found other things that help me running recently I have a love-hate relationship with it I don't (laughs) want to get up in the morning and get off that couch and do it I would much rather sit and snuggle under the couch duvet with my babies and watch rubbishy cartoons but do you know what the difference in my mindset after I've been for a run is phenomenal. I can't agree more with you. I think back to when my I'm, my crazy running days are unfortunately over due to injury now, yeah. but yeah. that really was my mental health yeah. plan. If we go back probably three years ago for quite some years, it was just the thing that made all the difference, yeah. particularly when my children were really young, high levels of stress. Yeah. It was just brilliant. It's just a relief. Um, I just have the yeah. loudest music pumping in my ears and I just run and it's almost like the thoughts stopped for five seconds. Exactly. And it's I awesome. saw as a slight digression, um, a TEDx um, speaker last week, yeah. it was on Facebook, who was talking about the impact of exercise from a mental health point of view mm-hmm. and how it aids, you know, helps with depression and the impact it has for two hours after you've exercised. So, and I noticed that, you know, I yeah, worked out yesterday morning, I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a nicer person I know. This <laughs> as a result. I have patience with my kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like my children yes. at that point. Um, thank you so much for being so open and honest and candid with us. Always. I love that. Um, and you know, we I interviewed Courtney Bowie for um, from her lawyer uh, a few months ago, a few weeks ago um, for this podcast, and she was equally as open as you and talked about her mental health struggles and the fact that she went and sought help yeah. um, and still does. And I think it's really empowering mm. that. You know, I feel very grateful to be in a tribe of women that will openly discuss mental health challenges. And it isn't this thing that we kind of shield and pretend doesn't exist because it's a phenomenal amount of people are, you know, impacted by mental health issues. So thank you for that transparency because it goes a long way for helping to helping other people be Mm -hmm. feel that they can discuss what's going on for them. Completely. So um before I run out of time, mm-hmm. I'd love to know, is there a quote or a mantra mantra, or something that's really inspired you over the years in your, in your charity that you can share with us that you think might be useful? You'll laugh at the first one. I had to think about this. Um, <laughs> the first one was just do it. <laughs> yeah, well, as we've just very been talking about running, it. it's very timely. <laughs> love <Yeah>. that one. <laughs> um, but no, truly, there's one um, I love, and it's behind every successful woman is a tribe of other successful women who have her back. Oh wholeheartedly hands down agree mm-hmm. so so important I, I and imagine you have a wonderful tribe of people around you a strong network I do yeah do you do a lot of networking 
I don't know whether I, I didn't realize I did and I never it's another one of those terms like strategy that I kind of hmm, have a maybe an issue with the actual term but I do but more from a I just like connecting with people I love talking yeah. as you've probably gathered um, <laughs> but I also love listening and I love I'm, I'm nosy I love finding out other people's stories and their why and their drive and I, I like to make a difference I love to connect other people as well yeah I, yes I probably I, yes I do network um but I, it's not always networking with an agenda it's just genuine yeah. interest yeah I love well people. I think that you know that goes much further than thinking how can I get my business card in front of someone or how can oh, I, I forget the business cards I'm rubbish at yeah. that and then what I end up doing is ringing them like going, you remember me and they're like oh yeah no we remember you <laughs> <laughs> well I think you are a natural connector and I know that's not everybody's strength it's something that I love doing too yeah um, but it's much better to th- to come at that with the, the the thought to just get to know someone, yeah. build up a relationship, and see what unfolds, as opposed to let's go to this breakfast in the morning, get out our business cards, mm. see who wants to you know spruik you wear, see who wants to buy my stuff or do my thing, yeah. and um, you know being an actual connector and actually wanting to build relationships with people is much smarter move. Yeah, so. it's not always about us. I mean, we've just been nominated for a Westfield grant, but there's six amazing courses, causes that have been nominated for this grant. And I look at them and I think, wow, what you're doing is phenomenal. And it's yeah. beautiful to be nominated in a category with these six. And it's by popular vote, which is another thing. But hey, how that's sometimes the way of the world. But what I mm. do is it's a case of, do you know what? Look at all six of these and pick one that resonates with you. You don't necessarily have to vote for Pink Elephant Support Network because you may have been touched by, there's a, a domestic women's shelter as well, and you may have been touched yeah. by that. So absolutely, go and give them your vote. So look at what your cause is and do you know I mean? try and make a difference within that area. Uh, and I think you are up against some really strong contenders there. I voted for you. I've seen the lineup. Um, but what a compliment to be yeah. up against people of that stature and Absolutely. significance. It's yeah. awesome. Definitely. Now, I want to talk about your ambassador peer support program before I let you go. Mm-hmm. So you've just launched, and um, we were talking about um, the media coverage that you've had. Yeah. You've just launched a new ambassador peer support program. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so this is beautiful. This is our vision come to reality. This is what Gabby gave me. She was my peer support person. Mm. As I mentioned very early on in the piece, she was the person that I connected with that was removed from my friend circle and family, um, mm-hmm. but who gave me the space to just listen and just be and to vent every single thing that I was feeling the injust of miscarriage the whys and the trialing and testing of every single thing she sat and listened to me throughout it all without any judgment and she validated how normal all of those feelings were and everything that I was going through um so we decided that part of our support network would be that we would offer women this connection as well um so the way that we've done that is we've actually recruited if you like um six ambassadors to start this system for us Mm -hmm. and there's six women they're incredible they've all been through miscarriage themselves they all have their own stories and they now are in a position where they want to give back and make a difference so they've given up a whole weekend of their time to come and we had training with terry diamond who's our trained bereavement counselor slash social worker Um, on how to manage your own grief and to manage other people's grief, how to support women through miscarriage, which is such a disenfranchised loss. And it's Mm. different to lots of other types of loss, which again is why we operate because you need a charity that's specifically just for first 
if you like not first but early term loss yeah um so these women have all given up so much of the time and they're now giving up um two phone sessions a week whereby they would contact um someone who's requested support from us and they will give them 45 minutes of their time whereby they can just have a conversation with another woman who's currently going through it and just needs to voice up what's happening to them and someone on the other end of the phone that just understands. And the beauty about our peer support is you will access the same peer support ambassador each of the six sessions. So you do when you call back for session number two, it's not a case of having to rehash. So there are other organizations that offer peer support, but yeah. every time you phone, you would have a different person that you speak to. So it's another trigger by telling everything that's happening. Whereas if somebody already knows your backstory and then you phone again the week after, you've kind of built a relationship with that person. Mm, yeah. And we are all about relationships. We're about connectedness. We're about real connections. This isn't online support. We offer online support as well in that we have a private Facebook group. Please join that. There's some fabulous support happening in there and that's amazing. But this is another level to that. This is a real connection with another woman who's been through what you're going through right now and just someone who can validate that what you're experiencing. Yeah, it's really awful and it's terrible, but it's almost normalizing that it's okay to feel the way that you do right now. Um, Yeah. So that it's really important to us. So we're so, so proud because we've received coverage on, like I said earlier, Channel 7, 6 p.m. News, um, news news.com are about to run an article on us. We've had local press. We've had babyology. We've had Essential Baby, Kid Spot Magazine, um, Kid Magazine as well have all featured us and the peer support program because they all see the value in it and they can see that it's needed. Um, well exactly I mean media outlets like that don't pick up a story like this if it's not valuable and what no. you're doing is amazing mm-hmm. and I love the fact that um, you know it's a small world Maggie McDonald one of your peer support yes. program ladies an amazing artist she is um, was ironically just from no connection I didn't I, I knew her I recognized her face from walking dogs pre-children many many moons ago and when I had my miscarriage and was sitting in accident and emergency for hours on my mm. own um, she was sat next to me and she was the only person that gave me any uh, you know she said some lovely words to me a big warm smile and um, I bumped into her years later furniture shopping knew who she was instantly you know you don't forget that, no. that moment right no and, never. Um, um, and now, you know, she's been a client of mine. She's come to my workshops. And now to see her pop up as one of your um, ambassadors is fabulous because she's amazing. And to just have had have been in that experience with her and be the only person that through all of that gave me some really nice words and kindness and support. Um, not, I'm not talking about my husband. I mean, literally no, in the hospital at that time. Yeah. was fantastic. So you've got some amazing ladies in your program. We do. We really do. We're blessed. Maggie's one of the fantastic women. The other five are awesome too they all have their own journeys and what's beautiful is they're turning something that happened to them that was a really sad and hard and difficult time so it was a negative experience and they're turning Mm. it into a positive for the women and it's women empowering women it's it really is as simple as that now we do also want to offer male support going forward so that is something we're looking for male ambassadors Men can call up the peer support at the moment if they want to that's absolutely fine um yeah but they may not feel comfortable in it because it is women and we do all grieve in different ways. However, mm-hmm. all of our support is accessible. We have a partner resource on our website as well. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're not forgetting that men grieve too. 
Great. And on that note, so all of the links to everything that Sam's talking about are going to be in our show notes. You can go to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 20. Now on there will also be links through to um, the Pink Elephant Support Network website. But on there you have, Sam, you've got the partner brochure that you just talked about. There's yep. also a friend in need resource. There is. Emotional well-being. These are downloads, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yep. And the miscarriage survival guide. So there's actually a huge amount on your website. Oh, we've spent two years building all of our resources, and we believe that it's it needs to be free. It needs to be accessible twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. And I've just got to say, listeners, if you haven't already checked out the website, go and have a look because it's beautiful as well. Yeah. Aside from what you're doing, it's beautiful branding. And um, I just love it every time I go on there or your Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the way that you're bringing all of it together and making it beautifully, aesthetically pleasing to your target market. It's really important. A, a great job. That's really yeah. important because we need, there are other charities that... Um, support say later term losses and they're fabulous however one thing that we found is that they can sometimes be quite clinical in their approach and we believe that empathy and love needs to come across in our branding as well so Rachel brought our vision to life in that way so she really took all of our words and made our website what it is today which is an amazing and our resources what they are as well so. Oh, it's a phenomenal effort. It and um, for anybody thinking about building a website, looking at how to do something well, uh, whether you're, it's a, you're building a charity or whatever you're building, go have a look mm-hmm. at um, Sam's website because you've done a really good job. It's a great example of what to do. Thanks. So uh, let's just tell our listeners where they can get Pink Elephant Goodness now. You can obviously go to the Podcast 20 link, uh, but also on Facebook, your Pink Elephant Support yep. and Instagram, Pink Elephant Support too right that's right yeah awesome okay so without further ado I'm gonna let you get on with the rest of your day and the juggling that you've got (laughs) ahead of you thank you is there anything else that you wanted to add or share with us before we let you go yeah just reach out if you are struggling and you want support reach out and even if that's a direct message to me on Facebook that's fine we're accessible we're normal women we've been through it and we get it and we want to support other women on their journey too so if we can help in any way reach out to us and we'll do what we can what awesome final words. Thank you so much, Sam. You've been an absolute you're pleasure to interview. You. I love your energy. I love what you're and doing. Yours. <laughs> oh, well, likewise. You know, it's been a lot of fun and um, your has. passion and enthusiasm absolutely shines through. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, keeping a very close eye on this journey. And I think there are an amazing things ahead for you and, and Gabby and what you're doing. So thank you for coming on the Busy Businesswoman podcast and sharing all of this with us. Brilliant. Um, aside you. from your mission, from a business point of view, I think you have so much to share. So thanks for letting us have a little delve into that today. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, um, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love you to leave Sam and I a little review on iTunes, please, and let us know what you thought. And if you'd like to hang out some more, I'd love to see you over on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Busy Business Women, and you can find lots of biz building goodness over on my website, busybusinesswomen.biz. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Big thank you to Samantha Payne from the Pink Elephant Support Network for being with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I will be back again very very soon with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms but until then i'm faye hollands you've been listening to the busy businesswomen podcast have a great day bye-bye